It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to do a couple of mailbag questions. We're going to talk about the Wizards uh, losing their national TV game. What is their ceiling for the rest of the season and more? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, so the news today, the Wizards lost their one national television game other than the NBA TV games. I don't really consider those national TV games, uh, but TNT is a national TV game. Uh, against the Hawks that was supposed to be on February 28th. They have uh, – the NBA has decided to take the Wizards off of TNT, and now the game will be on – just be on NBC Sports Washington. What are your thoughts about that? How dis- Is that disrespectful to you, or do you understand the NBA making that move? I mean, as a fan, you want to say it's disrespectful, but then it's just a testament to how the league views this franchise. You know, I, I hate the – you know, say small market because we're really not a small market. If you look at the, the area that this team services, man, the tri-state area, you know, the DMV, you know, it's not a small market. But it, we are viewed as a small market team, and, and it shows one one televised game, and we can't even get that. So, yeah, it's uh, I, you know, I, as a fan, I feel disrespected. But then it's like this is just how the, the league views us, and so it is what it is. You know, they don't look at us as a major market. And I think that's something that management has to look at because, like I just said, you know, look at look how big of the metropolitan, the D.C. metropolitan area is. You know, the closest NBA team north is Philly. You know, and, and south, you're looking at Charlotte. So, you know, you have a big, a big opportunity here to really, really, you know, energize this area. So, you know, I, I think it shows a lot about how the NBA views this franchise. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, like you said, as a fan, I feel disrespected. Um, you know, the Wizards have been playing good ball as of late, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're the ninth seed. The Hawks are what the eighth seed. They just fired their coach, named McMillan, who we're going to talk about a little bit um, later. But yeah, they're two middle middle tier teams. You know, they're not elite teams. I know, I get it. You know, the Lakers are on national TV all the time, and they're you know with twelfth seed or something like that. You know, we've heard we've heard Shaq, you know, make jokes and say, or really not make, or Charles Markley say um, that he doesn't want to watch the Lakers anymore. So I know they don't want to watch the Wizards. And, I remember Charles Barkley said himself, he was like, why are we talking about the 12th seed in the West, the Lakers? We don't talk about the 12th seed in, in the East at the time, but now we're the ninth seed. So you can put a little bit of respect on the Wizards' name. But I, I get it. I don't know what game they're going to replace it with, but I get it from a national TV perspective. You don't really, you don't really want to watch the eighth seed and the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference as a national TV matchup. So I, I get it from that, from that standpoint. And the Wizards don't have any all-stars. 
Um, I know the Hawks, you know, they usually have Trey Young and I know DeJounte Murray, he didn't make it this year. I'm, I'm not sure if Trey Young, I, I think Trey Young made it. I, I didn't even watch the All-Star game because I fell asleep. Um, but no, I yeah. think he was a snub. Okay, yeah, he yeah. might have been snubbed. And, you know, he had the problems off the court and, and missed a game or something like that because uh, some some um, personal reasons and stuff and I get maybe some teammate stuff or coaching stuff. But, yeah, it, it is somewhat of a slap in the face, but I get why because, you know, we don't have any All-Stars on the roster. Um, like you said, we have been somewhat of a small uh, market. And we're a ninth seed. We're just a middling team right now. But they are playing better ball as of late. Um, but yeah, they, unless they put on like the Warriors or the Celtics or the Bucks or a championship contender, I totally get it. So it, it, it just shows where the Wizards are right now to the national media and the national perspective. People just they're slept on the Wizards. They sleep, and I can't blame them for doing that because they haven't. You know, even you can talk about the Wizards hist- historically. We haven't made it past the second round in 1979 since 1979. So you know we can go back that far. But I get other teams are on TNT. Other lesser teams have been on TNT that, you know, haven't made the playoffs before. So um, they got to earn it. They got to put some respect on their name and maybe they can earn if they make the playoffs. Then, yes, they will be on TNT. So we'll look at it that way. You know, let's make the playoffs and then you can get on TNT. So we'll, we'll earn it that way. Well, I don't think it's entirely on the national media. man. I'm going to say why. You know, you kind of project who you are. You know, we put this management and really going all the way back to 78. We project a small market team. We have a small market kind of mind frame. You know, think about it like this. You know, I was a big fan of Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, their big three. You know, I don't, you know, the term big three, you know, I get it. They were all stars, but mm-hmm. they never made it past the second round. You know, and I think stuff like that kind of has that small market mind frame. It's like we're celebrating an era that didn't make it past the second round. Whereas, you know, you look mm-hmm. at other franchises, man, and, and you, you pointed out the Lakers. I get it, man. I am so sick and tired of seeing the Lakers. <laughs> I just, I'm tired of, man, but we know what it is. You look. Certain franchises, man, you know, the Lakers, the Celtics, they're always going to be box office, going way back, you know. And then if you look at now, you know, Golden State, you know, with their dynasty, you know, so I get it. But it's just we got to – I think the blueprint, we, we said it time and time again, I think the blueprint is, is Cleveland. Look, Cleveland was afterthought for a long time until Mr. LeBron James came to Cleveland. I mean, mm-hmm. Cleveland was afterthought. I mean, so – and even after LeBron, with them building this team back up, you know, now you're starting to see them in games. So, you know, small market teams can really – kind of force some way their way into the, the national spotlight cleveland did it you know so i think they're the blueprint you know because let's be real a lot of people if not anybody wants to come to dc as a free agent you know drafting's been an issue and so acquiring players it has to be through trade so you know we we've got to project where we want to be man we want this to be a hub where players want to come we've got to build it up to be that way so i mean like i said it's just it's it, indicative of how the nba views our market and our franchise so, I, you know, I think that we, the power's in our hands as a franchise, man. We got to really up the game with our franchise because it's disrespectful, man. One game, one game. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> one game. So, yeah. And you take it, it away from us. And you take it away from us. So, yeah, it just shows how they view us, man. So, it, it's sad, man. But it's just, it's look, these certain teams, they sell. You know, more people are trying to watch the Lakers. More people are trying to watch Golden State. A lot of people, especially – on national televised games, they're not going to tune in to watch us play. And as much as it hurts to say that, truth hurts, man. You know, a lot of people aren't clamoring to watch the Hawks and the Wizards play. So mm-hmm. I get it from a business standpoint. So, yeah. And you look at our attendance to our bottom 10 attendance. So you look at the fan base right now, and that just tells the temperature of the room, the temperature of the fan base right now. Uh, the Wizards have good players. Chris Epps is a great player. Uh, Bradley Bill's a, a great player. Kuzma's a great player. 
Um, but yeah, they're they're just not pulling attendance right now. Now, when they when they when when they when we have a winning culture like John Wall, you remember John Wall, Markeith, uh, Gortat, Brad, Otto, that team, they had a lot of national television, televised games. They're winning games. They won 49 games, they won 47 games. So they earned that. So for the Wizards to get back to that, yeah, they're gonna have to get back in that, you know, 45, 46, 47 uh win column. And they're 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 they they don't really have much of a chance to get to 45, but they can make like I said, the only way they're gonna make it is by making the playoffs, by making it on national TV. But Kind of with the commanders, like Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, I stopped caring about that because they, they kept getting blown out on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football. Now they've actually been doing pretty good. They beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Um, they beat the Bears on Thursday Night Football. I just stopped caring about it. I didn't, I couldn't care less. I actually didn't want them to play on national TV. But now I'm happy when they do. But what I'm getting at is the commanders have got to earn national TV games and the Wizards, they got to, they got to earn national TV games. And they got to earn the fan base respect too because, like I said, they're, they're bottom 10 in attendance. So that kind of tells you where they're at overall as far as, you know, a, a media perspective. Yeah, but as and you hit the perfect comment, man. You know, the fan base. You know, how's a fan base supposed to feel, man? Like, you know, we were talking about before the show, man. You know, the comments made by Bradley Bill and – it just seems to me, man, like we're confused. <laughs> like, how do you want the fan base to feel? You know, one hand, it's just like you get a different message every every five minutes. You know, looking at the comments made by Bradley Bill, which if you haven't heard Bradley Bill make comments that were kind of very similar to before this year, mm-hmm. saying that he wants to be here, but he's only willing to wait so long. But you signed a contract. Like, nobody forced you to sign a contract. And then knowing so... You knew that contract was going to make it hard to build around. Now, to Tommy Shepard, to his credit, has done a good job with the little bit of cast space he has to, you know, bring in KP, you know, bringing in Kuz. You know, I know he came in with, you know, other players, but kind of finding Kuz is that guy out of the Lakers trade package to be a guy to kind of build around. You know, he's been methodical when it comes to his trade game. Now, drafting is a whole nother conversation, man. But, you know, he's done, I mean, it's, it's not going to get easy, man. You know, you got to, you got, you have a franchise guy that we all know is not a top-tier guy who tells us he wants to win a championship and then turn around and is like, well, I'm only going to wait, and wait so long. It's year one of the extension. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, people are confused, man. And this and that has a lot to do with low attendance, man, because nobody knows what the vision is, man. Nobody knows what the vision is. You know, you want to go forward with this solid three, and I get that, man. You know, you you, you refuse to rebuild. I get that. I don't, I don't get it, but it is what it is. But then – if you look at the salary cap, right, and we would we, um, we're going to touch base about it a lot more tomorrow, but we're not going to be able to afford the solid three with Gafford, with the two point guards. I mean, what, what, what are we talking about here, man? Like we're confused. Or oh, we're going to roll forward with the solid three? You can't. You can't afford it, man. You can't afford it. <laughs> and then Bradley Bill's like, homie, look, man, poop get off the pot. You want to be here? Stay. If not. I'm sure Tommy can find a way to to expedite your way out of DC, man. It's just, it's it's not nobody's holding him hostage. He's holding us hostage. You know, your contract holds this team hostage. So either want to be here and compete or try to compete, or look, there's other teams who can use your services, man. But look, <laughs> let us let us go, man. I, I'm so tired of this whole. Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be here. I don't want to be here. You know, just make your mind up, man. It's like Bradley Bill, let my people go. <laughs> like, let us go. Like, I, I'm, I'm tired of it, man. It's just, 
and and the timing is so bad, man. Right before the second half of the year, so it's. I think that has a lot to do with attendance, man, because you pointed it out, John Wall era. We knew where this team was going, right? John Wall at the time, in his prime, was an electrifying franchise player. You had second in command, two IC man, Bradley Bill, spot up guy. You know, you had everybody who had a role. We knew where this team was going. You know, you had Kelly Obrey, the drafted, we drafted. He was developing some 3D guy, Marquise Morris with the attitude, Gortat. I mean, you had a perfect team that was that everybody knew the role. And and as a fan base, you can look back and say, look, I know where we're going. Now nobody knows where we're going because you refuse to rebuild, but then you refuse to really be honest with the situation that we're in, man, is that you're not going to be able to keep everybody, man. You're going to have to subtract. And you can't keep pitching this, this fairy tale, you know, storyline to the fan base. Like, oh, no, you know, we're, we're really trying. It's like, no, you're not, brother. So, <laughs> so I get it, man. The tennis is just indicative of where this franchise is at. People aren't going to pay for mediocrity, man. And I think this fan base, look, 1978, neither one of us were even breathing the last time this franchise <laughs> was trying to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are so overdue for a, a contender, man. You know, Nationals, 2019, got a title. Capitals, got a title. The Mystics, the Mystics, got a title. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, man, you know, we are overdue. So I think the fan base, we are owed a lot more than what we're getting right now, man. Definitely, 100%. I mean, you hit the nail on the head on everything. You really did. Um, I do wish Brad would have said those comments uh, after the season was done because they're, they're, they're going on a run right now. This is They're playing their best ball right now. They're playing their best ball right now. The five-game winning streak, and then the last two games, the Minnesota coming off the Minnesota win. Um, you know they should they should be on a positive note. But you know Brad just does these interviews all the time, and we'll we'll talk a little, little bit of, about it more tomorrow. So we're gonna get into a mailbag question. We'll probably wrap it up tonight. We'll do one more mailbag question on Thursday, and then preview the next game for Friday. But before we do get to that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, tonight, I'm looking at some college games. There's no NBA games, of course. Um, I've been doing some live betting lately. I'm looking at the Maryland game right now. Um, if you want to do some spread betting, they're up 70, 70 to 52. So if the spread is like 18 and a half, I would definitely take that for sure. I think Maryland definitely can finish the spread. I think they can beat uh, Minnesota by 50 points. There's 10 minutes left in the game right now. If, if uh, You're probably going to be listening tomorrow morning. But if you're listening live on YouTube, then I would take that bet for sure. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the game, same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Podcast terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA. All right. So somebody asked uh, on YouTube. It was Brick to Buildings one one four five. He says, "Who do you guys think is our most valuable role player 
is that other teams may want. Ah, man, we were talking about this, man, and you bring up a good point. But I got to say Denny Avia, man, because he's got the highest ceiling to me on the second unit. Now, DeLon, look, taking nothing away from DeLon, right, but he's a vet. He's been in the league a while. He knows what his role is, where his career is at now. You know, looking at Denny with his age and his ceiling, man, if he can find a consistent three-point shot, he could be a really, really good player, man. He could be a starter somewhere, man, if not here somewhere else. But, you know, it's just a shot. I think that's the biggest disappointment with him was, you know, working out with Drew Hanlon and not really responding to the, you know, the training and the shot not being there. But, you know, he is starting to drive the lane with confidence, with some dog in him, you know, the defense, the vision. You know, his, you know I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the Rui trade. We both said it, you know, but, you know, I get it. But he has been given an opportunity to showcase where he's at, you know, what he can do. And like I said, even with the three-point shot, they're starting to drop. He's starting to let him go with a lot more confidence now. You know, he's not hesitant. Because if you look at him last year in the first couple of years, man, he was very, very hesitant to shoot the ball. You know, now he's letting the rip. So I'm going to say Denny Avia, man. I think that teams are looking at him as, you know, he's a three-point shot away from being a really, really good basketball player in his league. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Denny right now, he's averaging nine points a game. Um, three fouls a game, uh, 0.5 blocks, 0.9 steals, 6.3 rebounds per game. He's really having – he's averaging a career high in rebounds a game. He he did have that 20-rebound game. He's had a couple of double-doubles this year so far as well. Um, 75% for the free throw line, uh, shooting two free throws uh, a game. That's a career high for him in that. Uh, 3.4 percentage, he's shooting 29% from three. So he's, he's actually shooting a career low in 3.4 percentage. So his 3.4 percentage has gone down uh, this year. But – you know, when, when he had the turbo run, uh, he was shooting the ball well from the three-point line. Uh, had a 25-point game. Played really, really, he was playing really well. The, the Probably the best uh, offensive uh, games of his career that he played. Um, but for me, it's DeLon Wright. I just think just how, uh, how much of a pest he is on defense, the steals, the deflections. Um, you know, he, he's just getting on the ball for loose, for loose uh, basketballs, just being a pest. And being our best on-ball defender, really, our best guard defender from the point of attack, man, he's just as, as quick as a cat. Uh, great, um, great um, precision. He just sees things before they happen. Um, great, um, trying to find the word for it. It's just uh, great, just, just great defensive intelligence. Just great defensive intelligence. Like he can predict where the ball is going. He just has a great knack. The steal against the Mavericks, that was huge against Luka Doncic. That was just a huge steal to win the game. Um, still against the Timberwolves too. I mean, he has some big plays in that game too. So uh, he just impacts the game so well without even scoring. There's some games where he hasn't shot the ball well, but he still impacted the game in, in different ways. But I think trade value, I probably agree with you with Denny because he's young. He's on a rookie contract, you know, but DeLon right now, he's not getting paid much either. He's on a good contract too. So I think, I think a lot of playoff teams would, would like DeLon Wright to come off the bench and give them a, a good defensive punch for sure. So I, I'm going to go with DeLon Wright on this one. Man, that's that's a good one too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I can roll with Delon, man. Um, another name I'm gonna bring up, Corey Kisper, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know his defense is not where you wanted to be, but his IQ, his instincts, you know, the, his ability to cut the basket, you know, his shot, you know, he can add value to a team too. So, you know, looking from a trade, you know, standpoint, I think those two guys because of their age would be the. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Corey Kispert, I'll piggyback on Corey Kispert as well. I'll, I'm going to bring up his numbers because uh, Brandon brought up Corey Kispert, I think. 
that was uh that's a good he's having a, a a solid solid year this year he's been a little inconsistent um defensively of course he gets picked on a little bit but um just looking at his stats here he has he's averaging nine points a game 2.7 boards almost three boards a game in his second season, he's shooting 41 percent from the three-point line shooting five threes a game so um he's really improved from the three-point line and he was big in that minnesota win that was a big uh, stretch for Corey Kispert uh, to win us that game. He's shooting 60% from, from two. Uh, from the free throw line, he's shooting 86% as well, averaging nine points a game. Uh, point, he's not going to block a lot of shots, but 1.2 assists and 2.7 boards a game. So uh, Corey Kispert has had a solid season this year. Uh, you know, just defensively he gets picked on, but he's a great cutter, great finisher around the rim. He can finish above the rim. Uh, he is athletic and – I like what he does. I think he's a solid playmaker at times, too. So uh, we drafted him to be the best shooter in the draft. You know, defense is not his calling card. We didn't draft him to lock down, lock down on the defensive side of the ball. But I do think Corey Kisper has done a better, a, a good job of being um, a knockdown shooter at times. Like I said, there has been some inconsistencies, but he's shooting about five threes per game. He's shooting 41% from the three. Where last year, he was shooting 35% from the three-point line. So cutting to the basket, moving with a without the basketball, off-ball cutter, He's excellent at that. He's really, really good. His, his underrated skill really is finishing at the rim, finishing with both hands as, as well. I think he's definitely ambidextrous finishing around the rim. So um, we're going to wrap it up tonight here. Um, Brandon will be back tomorrow, of course. We're going to preview the next game and answer some more mailbag questions. Um, but before we do wrap it up, make sure you guys check out the Game to Game podcast. Uh, thanks for making a lot of your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game across with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Oh, Brandon, did you want to wrap up with Corey Kisper? <laughs> man, for some <laughs> reason, man, my my uh, camera wanted to reset. And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, definitely my bad, y'all. But nah, man, you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, um, you know, real quick on Kisper. Um, like I said, just from age, him and Denny, but man, look, Denny or Delon, man, yeah, he's that guy. So mm-hmm. now, nah, um, definitely appreciate y'all tonight, man. Y'all definitely have a uh, blessed night. So, yeah, hell to the Wizards, peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.